everybody's enjoying the weekend. If you have Monday or Columbus Day off of what you're doing, whether it's work or school, enjoy the three-day weekend. Lots of stuff to get to, including on episode 118 of Edge of Your Seat podcast, Ottawa golf coach Keith Bozowski and Ottawa senior Nick Angus share their excitement for the Class 2A Sterling Regional that they just played and won on Tuesday. Congrats to the Pirates. Now they are off to the Class 2A Freeport sectional. They're ready. They're ready to play. They're ready to get it in. Get to the greens and hopefully win some more hardware. So big shout out to Ottawa. It was a lot of fun talking to both of them. Talked a lot of golf, of course, and even played a game of rank them animal style. Threw some animals to them and they ranked them. It was a lot of fun. And they kind of disagreed here, which was kind of cool. Nick definitely got a kick out of it. Like I said, this is episode 118. I am your host, Brandon Lachance. Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. As always, much love and appreciation to everybody checking us out, listening to local sports, local news, national sports, national news, always throwing it up, keeping you on the edge of your seat, not knowing what we're going to talk about. But it is playoff time for IHSA when we did not think we were going to have any seasons whatsoever. Golf regionals were this week for boys and girls. Sectionals are this week for the golfers. The 16th and 17th is girls tennis sectionals. And then October 24th, is boys and girls cross country regionals, as well as girls swimming sectionals. So everything coming to a wrap for fall athletics, and we gotta go out with a bang. Local athletes, athletes all across Illinois doing their thing. Speaking of local athletes being successful, the Illinois Valley Community College men's golf team shot a 973 for second place at the NJCAA Region 4 District 2 Championship. Man, that was a tongue twister. They played on Thursday and Friday. There was 10 teams, 55 players, 54 holes of golf. IVCC coming with the second place finish. Amazing work for them. Putnam County graduate Ian Roach won the regional with a 229. Insane. That is an insane score. But we all know Ian Roach coming out of Putnam County was a great golfer and he's going to shine at any level that he is on. Clay Wells, who graduated from Fieldcrest, had a 239. Ben Sear, also from Putnam County, had a 248. Nick Moriarty had an 88. And Trent Davini rounded out the IVCC scores. He is from Burrow Valley. Also a friend of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, had a 271. Didn't mean to skip over Nick's school. He is also from Fieldcrest, where he went with Clay Wells. Speaking of Wells, he is the only sophomore on the squad as the rest are freshmen. So, second place at the regional, only one sophomore. Illinois Valley Community College Golf has a lot to be proud of and a lot to look forward to. Awesome scores from those guys. No doubt. And they are moving forward to the national tournament at the Division II level. So congrats again. Man, I can't say congratulations enough to IVCC and the men's golf program. Special shout out to the head coach, 
Sean Kennedy knows his golf and is obviously helping mold these young golfers, these young men, to the next level. Also playing at the next level was the Interstate 8 Conference Girls Tennis Tournament today, which was in Ottawa. LaSalle Peru took it home, got the W with 33 points. Ottawa was right behind him with 31. Kaylin was third with 27. Sycamore scored 25 points for fourth. Morris had 15 for fifth. And Rochelle came in sixth with six points. LP won behind the number one doubles victory from Lauren Klein and Bree Strell. In number two singles, Catherine Ingalls was second. Also with a second place finish was the number two doubles team of Lauren Phillips and Kenzie DeFoss. Number one singles, Carly Miller took third. And in number two doubles, Carissa Etzenbach and Olivia Woods finished third. So congrats to the Lady Cavaliers for their victory. Ottawa, who was only two points behind. Number two singles, Sarah Myers. In number two doubles, Kylie Ozaleski and Mary Riva got Ws. While number one singles player, Ella Marvel, finished second. Congratulations to all of them. It was a beautiful day, so I know tennis was amazing in Ottawa today. It was extremely beautiful. Very, very beautiful day. Great for golf, great for tennis, great to be outdoors. What's also cool to do outdoors, especially in beautiful weather like this, is to make your house beautiful. Make it cozy, make it comfortable. Make it something that when you get to, you wanna be there. Like that's your home, you own that, you did that. Or you had somebody help you do that. Whether it's a light fixture or an entire kitchen remodel, Olson Construction is here to help. The family owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty. Olson Construction specializes in roofing, siding, windows, doors, deck designs, remodels, garage additions, and room additions. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson have been in construction for over 10 years and are willing and able to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction, which is fully licensed and insured at 815-910-5982. Olson Construction can also be reached on Facebook at the Olson Construction LLC page or via email olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. Few national things want to touch on before we get to Keith Bozowski and Nick Angus. Excited to let you hear them. Great storytelling here. And just two guys that I could have kept talking to forever. Too bad we got schedules and we're busy and you know how all that goes. Game 5 of the NBA Finals was Friday night. The Heat extending the series. I thought they were going to get swept. I thought they were goners. After Game 1, I saw what the Lakers were doing. Saw Heat had some injuries. Bam Adebayo, Goran Dragic, a couple others banged up, but those two didn't play. So I thought, you know, it's a runaway with the Lakers. No, Jimmy Butler's not letting it happen. Game three, they got the victory. Jimmy Butler had a triple-double. Game five, the Heat get another victory. Jimmy Butler has another triple-double. 35 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, and also had five steals and one block. Just an all-around player, stud, everywhere on the court, doing what he can to get his team some victories. Big props, crazy shout-out to Jimmy Butler, moving up the ranks of my favorite players. 
I feel like he's in the top five right now. He's been playing like it all year. He is showing that he is an elite basketball player. Duncan Robinson had 26 points for the Heat, went 7 of 13 from three. Crazy great shooter, and they're going to need this if they try to pick up game six and force a game seven. I thought the Heat were done after four games, so to think that they're in a game six possibility kind of blows my mind. Lakers are a juggernaut. The Heat have a well-balanced, dynamic team, but I just didn't think they were going to match up with the Lakers. Five games, not unbelievable, but if they force a game seven, mind completely blown, like atomic bomb blown. So we'll see what goes on there. In game five, LeBron James, 40 points, 13 rebounds, and seven assists, while Anthony Davis dropped a double-dub as well with 28 points and 12 rebounds. They're both in the top five players in the NBA right now. Monster athletes, monster talent. Expect a double-double from them every game. Their other players are going to have to step up to beat the Heat. They can't do it by themselves, obviously, so got to have people step up. Something we all try to step up on is our physical health, our appearance, our well-being, our joy of life. Well, since 2015, LP CrossFit has been offering something unique to the Illinois Valley, a customized way to get in shape while having fun. Whether you're new to exercise or an experienced athlete, LP CrossFit is the right place for you. LP CrossFit is a diverse community with a culture focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's name and support one another during workouts. LP CrossFit will help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life. LP CrossFit offers a weekly schedule of classes for every fitness fan, whether you want to dial up the intensity or take a more relaxed approach. LP CrossFit's trained coaches tailor each and every workout for every athlete in every class. CrossFit classes are programmed with a mixture of body weight, gymnastic, barbell, and other movements to build strength and endurance. All small group classes are coach-led and all movements are infinitely scalable so they can work with any fitness level, injury, or mobility restriction. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook, online at lpcrossfit.com, or in person in the Peru Mall across from Secret Nails. You'll never have so much fun while getting so fit. Done with the sports talk, have to mention Big Brother Season 22 real quick. Just watched Thursday's episode before started recording Edge of Your Seat podcast. I'm heartbroken. I'm sad. I almost shed a couple tears. My boy Tyler evicted. Made the final six, but now he's gone. Gone. He's gone. Him and Christmas took a shot at Nicole, tried to get her out. It didn't work. The other people in the house sided with Nicole. And bam, Christmas and Tyler were on the block. Tyler loses the vote 3-0. He a goner. He's gone. Sad, but I mean, it's a game. That's what happens. Kind of knew after nobody won the veto, well, nobody you wanted to win if you're Tyler or Christmas fans, they sat on the block, kind of figured Tyler was a goner. So we got Cody, Christmas, Memphis, Enzo, and Heather left. If I had to rank them from my top, who I want to win, to the bottom, who... I wish would be next gone. I'll start from bottom up. I'm going to go Memphis 5. Kind of getting tired of him. It'd be cool for him to leave. He thinks he's like the governor body of the house. It'd be cool to see him gone. 4. Heather. Very annoying. Can't stand her. She sits back, lets everybody win the comps. All that. 
plays the victim role, and just hopes that people will push her along. But if somebody throws her name in, then, oh, I hate them, and talks to everybody else to get them out. Don't like that. Don't like that gameplay. Three, Enzo. I like how he's played. He's been using a little bit of everybody, but been very, very loyal to Cody. I love loyal players. When you've got a final two or an alliance with three or four people, Enzo has stuck to Cody. Cody's sticking to Enzo, sort of, kind of. They both do have groups or partnerships with almost everybody left. Christmas, too, just because I like Christmas. I like her personality. She's a gamer. She does lie a little bit here and there, but I guess you got to win Big Brother. I don't know how you win Big Brother if you don't. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's got these alliances with everybody in the house. It's kind of been a boring season, but to see how it's playing out to the final five, definitely want to know who's going to be the winner, and I hope it's Cody. Great player. He's playing the mental game. He wins comps. He's making the decisions, putting people on the block that is best for his game, and... He's been doing it while getting the less amount of blood on his hands. It seems like anytime somebody is HOH, maybe not Memphis, but when Tyler was or Danny was, as soon as they were the head of household, it seemed like it was World War III and everybody was after their head. For some odd reason, besides Kevin, which, okay, who cares, nobody's really come after Cody and been like, hey, you're the head of household, you're making these moves, I don't like it, I'm coming after you. It hasn't happened the entire season. He's been making the moves, playing a smart game, and kept his hands fairly clean while doing the most damage in the house. Besides Tyler at the triple eviction, which was crazy, and making those power moves, Cody has been doing it all season long, making those power moves and keeping his hands clean. So, I kind of hope Cody wins because I've liked his game the best. Outside of Tyler, that's my guy, but he did have a couple wrenches and a couple weak spots that obviously got him booted in the jury house. Said that this is a kind of boring season. It has been kind of pepped up the last week or so, getting down to that six-person alliance where it was Cody, Tyler, Memphis, Christmas, Danny, and Nicole. Now that that's getting shaken, stirred, it's kind of interesting and to see what happens as we wrap it up. Speaking of wrap it up, your host, Brandon LaChance, going to sign off. Get to the awesome duo, the awesome members of the Ottawa golf team, Coach Keith Podzowski and senior golfer Nick Angus. Let's talk some golf, right? Come back tomorrow, which is Sunday, and we have another golf-loaded episode as Hall Jr. Caleb Savage and Mendota Jr. Ethan Hanneman join us to talk some more golf and a little bit of everything. Some great kids talking about some great things. Until next time, peace. Sticking to the theme since golf, cross country, tennis, swimming, all these fall sports are starting to wrap up. Golf regionals were just on Tuesday. Today is Thursday. Got to talk to some more golfers, some golf coaches. So today we have Ottawa boys and girls golf coach Keith Budzowski. How's it going, Keith? Doing well, doing well. Thanks, Brandon. No problem. Happy to have you on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Like I said, regionals just wrapped up. You guys won the Class 2A Sterling Regional. Had to be an awesome feeling for you. Oh, yeah, definitely great, especially for the kids. You know, you get a few of the seniors that are, that are hanging out. We have three seniors this year, so, you know, it's definitely a good feeling for them to wind up the season, especially this season where it sort of cut a little bit short with uh, not having a state final and 
just a couple weeks ago they extended to the sectional so keeping them playing as long as they can go is uh, definitely a thrill for them were you hoping like I was hoping that they were going to say hey we're going to have a state tournament anyway you know, I was in the back of my mind when they announced sectional, you know, about a week and a half, maybe, I'm trying to think about before the uh, regional tournament. I'm like, you know what, I'm like, they're going with the sectional. It wouldn't be out of my out of the realm for them to uh, say all of a sudden, like, you know what, we'll have a state series. So I was hoping, I had my fingers crossed, but it, it seems like uh, this will be the, the last hurrah coming on Monday. So you guys are playing on Monday. What sectional are you in? Uh, we are in the Freeport sectional up in uh, Freeport, Illinois. Home of the pretzels. My mother actually lives there, so I've been to Freeport quite a few times. <laughs> it was weird that they named the high school mascot after like the factories that they had up there. They did a lot of pretzel factories, and now <laughs> none of them exist anymore, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like I should have went up to Freeport back in the day and got some pretzels. <laughs> it's a place to be. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> I was looking at IHSA and how they had kind of mapped out these regionals and sectionals and only three sectionals and some schools are going to have to travel. Yes, yeah. That's usually the, the good and the bad. It's always great to make out of a sectional, especially as a team or a regional to a sectional. But, you know, there's been years where we had to drive, drive up to Gray's Lake. You know, last year it was Huntley. It seems like every year, no matter what, you're always going to be driving at least, you know, maybe an hour, 45, at least, you know, two hours away. Some of these schools... Uh, we're in the Grays Lake Tournament, Geneseo, and made in his team. It was a three-and-a-half-hour drive for them, so they had to stay the night. You always get to your sectional, and it's always, always a little farther away. How far is Freeport from Ottawa? Uh, about two hours is about what it'll take us to get there. So are you going to have one of your kids drive the bus so they're alive and awake and alert by the time they get to the sectional? Yeah, yeah. Bring my toothpick so I can keep my eyes open. Nah, it's not too bad. Uh, I mean, I'm usually a morning person that drive, got used to the drives. Uh, but my assistant coach will be also with me too, uh, Ryan Gunderson. So, <laughs> if need be, you can drive on the way back home. Definitely. Always good to have those assistant coaches. They can help out. Yeah, they're inv- invaluable. Invaluable. <laughs> so let's talk about this team. Obviously, winning a regional, going to a sectional, have some great golfers on your team. I've been following you on Twitter and social media the whole way through the season and have seen fantastic scores from you guys all the way through. What is it about this team that it has made them successful? Like you said, went to sectionals last year, made it back this year. What is it about this team? Last year, um, we only lost a couple seniors, so we were a pretty young team last year. And so this year, we had uh, three juniors returned and seniors this year. But my top three spots, pretty much in the team, uh, I had a junior that's had the number one spot all season, Drake Stout. My number two guy, Jonathan Cooper, he's a sophomore. And then my number three guy came in this year, Drake Hoffman, he's a freshman. So, you know, we have sort of a, a young makeup, and then there were four, five, and six for my seniors. So last year, sort of had a young team, but, you know, we knew where we were sitting. We were sitting pretty good. And then this year, you know, we uh, filled up that last spot with Drake Kaufman uh, coming in as a freshman. So it's it's just sort of been nice. I mean, there's been a nice little rotation, and we've been pretty pretty stacked the last couple of years. So. And from what it sounds like to me is this could go on for a couple more as your top three are young kids, so it could keep going. Absolutely. I mean, these guys, uh, you know, especially the young ones, uh, Cooper, Kaufman, go out to the golf course in the summer myself and play. You know, they've been there since 8 o'clock in the morning. You know, they, they'd have their parents drop them off in the morning and then they'd have to pick them up at 8 o'clock at night. They're just, 
success for quite a while because their stars or you know their top players to help coach or mentor others are really young still yeah it's great and i mean it's it's always one of those things as a coach you know or at least myself i guess you know you're talking to other teams throughout the seasons they're like oh you know we're good this year but i'm losing losing five seniors so next year you know i got nothing and nothing coming up that i see where it's nice for me to be able to sit back right now and just say well you know i lost three seniors but I'm not super worried right now because <laughs> I got these three guys running the pack. You know, we'll, we'll take somebody from JV and work with them and get them involved to come up next year and then fill those gaps that we need. And then, you know, can't always be too optimistic because it is high school. We're talking about kids and they could change interests and stuff like that. But on paper, what you got now looks awesome. Mm-hmm. I agree. Going into this regional, the only other factor was Princeton being added this year versus last year, it was pretty much the exact same regional. That's why I told the guys, I'm like, hey, you know, you guys won it last year. You know, here it is, we have Princeton, and we actually played against Princeton on Saturday before regional at the LP invite, and they beat us. You know, I told the guys, I said, well, you see where you need to be now, and they they played their best round of the year, I believe, uh, from what some of my players, talking to some of their players, you know, they played pretty good golf on that Saturday. And so I, I told them, I said, hey, we're going into regional, we got nothing to prove, so... You know, just go in there and step up, and in the front nine was was outrageous. We were sitting back looking at the scores, and we were up at one point, probably thirteen to fifteen strokes over the team, you know, Princeton and uh, Stillman Valley, were the higher ranked with us in this regional. So it was a pretty good cushion. But then, then come noon, and the wind started flaring up a little bit. Then, and you seen a few holes. A few of my guys started struggling a little bit. And I'm like, all right, come on. I get you in the clubhouse. You know, the, the gap at one point was like four strokes, and I started sweating, and so I went, went around, talked to him a little bit, calm him down, make solid shots, and they made it happen. Anything as a coach that you're saying to them heading into the sectional? Uh, the sectional, you know, it, it's it's going to be pretty tough. Right? When you look at some of the scores that, that fed into our the regionals that feed in, um, same thing happened last year. You know, we, we went as a team, but our three teams, because last year, they, you know, normally – top three teams feed in and then they take top ten individuals after that. Well, this year it's top two teams and top four individuals with all the COVID. So uh, last year we went in and our three teams that fed into the sectional, you know, we finished the three bottom spots. You know, I think we were uh, third to last and then following down. It's, it's definitely tough, but some of these guys that have evolved over the summer, I mean, it's, it's not out of the realm to say, you know, they could shoot a, a 74, you know, 72 if they're playing playing their butts off so you know they can still do it we just need them all fired at the same same time but you know we're still it's the last match and for some of these guys it's going to be the last you know sort of competitive event that they'll play in uh, after high school other than you know maybe at a local golf course joining the tournament or two so just you know go out and play level headed and just try to play their best golf and, and don't worry about what everybody else 
you're not there to play anybody else. Have you guys played at Freeport's course in the last few years? We have not. We've never been there. I've never been there personally myself. Um, but we are heading up Saturday for a practice round. Schedule the practice round. Uh, I'll take the kids up. We'll play 18 holes on Saturday. Uh, it's more of a carefree thing. They're not having not worry about their score so much. It's just going around, you know, taking a few shots, practicing a few shots. You know, sometimes if it's not real busy, um, we did it up in Sterling. And, you know, they'll drop a couple balls, you know, maybe. Or they'll go over to a spot where they think, well, if I got in a little trouble and I'm stuck over here, let me try this shot and see where it's going to end up. So it's it's more carefree, just sort of like lay out and see how the greens are rolling and give them an idea what it's going to be like. It's a pretty nice-looking course. I'm not a golfer myself, but I have been out there to cover golf meets. I think I did a regional, might have been a sectional, uh, probably like four or five years ago out there. It's a pretty nice course. Just looking online and then from what I've seen, uh, any any course you sort of look at or you go to play, and they got an east and a west, you know, when they got two sides, they have 36 holes, you know, it's going to be a pretty pretty nice layout. How many years have you been with Ottawa coaching the golf team? Uh, let's see here, jeez. I was the assistant for below Dave Wilson, I believe, eight years, and it's probably been, let's see, it's been probably about 12, 13 years. This is my 14th year, so I'll say 12 for sure. Four is the head coach. It's a nice little run. Yeah, it's it's been nice. It's This is the first or only sport that I've ever coached, so it was actually really nice uh, getting in their uh, head coach, Dave Wilson. We coached together, like I said, for about eight years, and, you know, it was nice. I mean, he's, he's been a head coach, basketball. He's, he's coached them all, so. He sort of showed me the ropes. It was a really easy transition then. And then uh, Ryan Gunnarsson is my assistant now. And he had the same thing there. He's he's coached all. He's coached some football. Uh, he's coached some basketball. So it's, it's pretty carefree. It's nice when you got somebody there to, they, they got your back. You don't have to worry about anything. And they're there to help you out all along the way. Also good to have guys that know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And we, we play all summer together. Me and Ryan do a lot. It's funny because we were just talking about the other day, and you say, you know, even when we're out playing together, <laughs> you know, as as fun as much fun as we're having, like he says, I'm out here to beat you. And he says, Oh, absolutely, me too. He's like, I, you take a bad shot. He says, I'm happier as can be because I'm going to try to get two strokes up. So even as fun as you know, we're still competitive together, which I think makes a good good team for coaching because we're trying to keep the kids on the edge too. Definitely, I agree with that. Uh, we've been talking about the boys' team, but I also said you're the girls' coach. You had a regional on Wednesday, did not advance through, but how did the season go for the Lady Pirates? Well, this is actually the first time since I've been coaching, since I've been in Ottawa, and I, I'd almost like to say in Ottawa's history that we had a girls' team. I can't think back. Even I went to Ottawa High School, so when I was there, there was no girls' team. So this is the first season that we've actually had a full girls team with a full girls schedule. So overall, um, you know, I think it's been really good. They've had a few wins, um, a few losses, but I think overall, just getting that out in the public that, hey, we have a girls team. You know, some of these girls are maybe a little more reserved where they used to just play with the guys thinking, oh, okay, uh, we have a girls team now. Like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to I'm gonna work out a little bit more and I'm going to be part of the Ottawa High School girls team. You know, so I think it's a great thing for the school and, and for golf in general. Nice. Who were a couple of the girls that kind of led your team this year? We had um, a few seniors and a few younger ones. Um, 
it was sort of a, a rotation. There were, you know, some girls, you know, would be hot and some girls would be cold and a couple of them would bump back up. But um, Zoe Harris, she's a junior. She sort of led the way for us during regionals. She's been on top quite a bit. You know, real good fundamentally. And I think she'll be back next year. She was a volleyball player. But um, I told us over the summer that she was going to make the switch to golf regardless of, of COVID status. So that was nice to see. But incoming freshman, Caroline Cooney, and she plays real well. She's good. You know, I think a lot of times coming in as a freshman, you know, you're, you get in tournament situation. There's play a big part of it. But as she relaxed throughout the season, she played a lot better. And uh, Abby Klaus, she came back last year. Julie McLean, she came back from last year. And uh, Megan Bessett, they came back. So, you know, we had girls that were playing last year that we had at least, we had at least four girls last year. You know, they knew that if they could find some of their friends, get a few more in there, that we could have a full girls team instead of them having to try to make the rotation into guys' tournaments and beat guys for playing spots. So they were pretty ecstatic this year to, to actually be able to go compete and not worry about having to play from the guys' tees and playing with guys where it's a little awkward with guys in high school trying to talk to them. And, uh, it's a lot easier to have that you know, peer interaction with uh, other female golfers, I believe. When you were talking earlier, you mentioned that you went to Ottawa uh, did you go to college anywhere, play golf? How did it come that you're the golf coach and are back at Ottawa? I played golf in high school for a couple of years. Um, that was the years. Uh, we had a pretty good team. Uh, they, were, they were pretty stacked. We had Bobby Sipula. We had, so the Sipulas were coming through. We had the Demonardis. Cavanaugh was playing at that time. So all the local guys around here that you hear about in Ottawa, they were all on the team. So I'd like to say that I was part of that, but uh, I didn't get much playing time in those days. Uh, when it came to uh, golf, junior and senior year, uh, obviously we get driver's licenses and I had to pay car insurance, so I, I took a, golf took a, a back seat to making sure that my uh, my insurance was paid up and I could put gas in the tank. So, uh, so I didn't play junior or senior year, but um, you know, all through college, uh, I played just for fun, uh, kept up with it, and then when I came to Ottawa and was offered the, the position, you know, they always ask when you take interviews if you're able to coach anything. They're always looking for coaches if necessary. I said, yeah, I played some golf in high school, and I, I stayed with it, and I volunteered for a, a couple of seasons, just coming to matches here and there. And then, luckily, it sort of worked out. Uh, head coach Randy Breitag, he retired from teaching, and his assistant, Kevin Lenhart, decided not to keep on with it. He wanted to spend a little more time with his family, so both positions opened up for them. That's when Dave Wilson and I swung in. But yeah, so you know, as far as my golfing career, it's not as established as, <laughs> as some of these guys that I have on the team. But um, I've been around golf ever since since I can remember my grandfather being a golfer, every golfer get me into the sport. So I ask almost every golfer this. So I got to ask you, <laughs> Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson? Oh, that's a toughie. Um, I'm probably going to say... I'm probably going to go old school and say Phil. That's a tough comparison. Tiger, you know, I mean, he he paved the way for so many different records. But Phil, you know, he's just sort of steady, you know, old lefty. You know, he can grind it out every once in a while. But I like Phil's style. Okay, okay. In the video game, I like using Phil better. I don't know why, but I do. In uh, PGA on PlayStation. I think it's like PGA 2K now or something like that. I haven't played one. I, I'm, I had an Xbox, and I probably haven't fired it up in two years. But I just always played a Tiger Woods game. And when they switched, that's probably the last time I played. So I haven't even played a recent one lately. <laughs> yeah, my 
friend is an avid golfer. Me, not so much, but he'll get the game, and I'll go over to his house and play here and there. I like using Phil better. He's a Tiger guy. <laughs> there you go. Matchup. Definitely. So you were talking about when you came to Ottawa, they asked if you were coaching. Does that mean you're a teacher? What department are you in with Ottawa? Uh, yeah, I, um, first and foremost, I teach. and um, I'm with the special needs department in Ottawa. I actually student taught there, so it was sort of another golden opportunity that I had. Uh, the student teacher that I was under, uh, she was retiring that year, so I got to know the, the class pretty well and, and what she did. She handled most of the math classes within the special needs department. Just like anything else, I just went right place, right time, and I interviewed, and I got hired. So I, I handled most of the math, the math classes there in the special needs department. Perfect. Were you one of those guys while you're in high school? You're like, hey, I'm going to get out of here. I'm never coming back to this town. I'm going to leave state. And then you ended up winding back. Were you one of them or like, hey, I like where I'm from. I'm going to try to come back and do my thing there. Nah, I, I was an Ottawa for life. Uh, I sort of knew it. I sort of liked that hometown feel and knowing everybody. And it was it was really evident for me. I went to Ivy for two years, like most people do that. They want to stay in the area or save a little money for college. And then I initially went to Bradley University, and that's where my older sister went. So I thought, oh, I'll go there. You know, it'll be a good school. And I was there for a semester. And just even living, you know, not that far, I drove home. I was home every weekend. Uh, I knew that, you know, this isn't it for me. You know, I, I got to stay around here. I gotta, this is where I want to live. So uh, after a semester there, I transferred to Northern, and I became a commuter student up there and that's where I got my bachelor's degree but I commuted for the next two years and uh, got my teaching degree and ever since I just knew Ottawa was going to be home. So you knew from the get-go you're like hey this is where I want to be. It was obvious that you know Ottawa was my dream job. I was taking interviews everywhere and I actually during the interview process I had a, a job offered to me and at that time I was like ah you know I don't want to be without a job so I, I, I took the job but I was still waiting to hear back from Ottawa, and Ottawa called me the day after I committed to the other school district. Uh, Ottawa called me back and said, hey, you know, we'd like to offer you the job, and I thought, oh boy. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a bad phone call I had to make. Uh, usually I don't like jumping back on my, uh, my word, but uh, in that case, you know, Ottawa was my dream job, and I talked to a bunch of administrators that I was working there, uh, student teaching under, and said, you know, hey, and this is this scenario, what would you do? And here's actually my uh, science teacher at McKinley School. He's the, now the superintendent of the Ottawa Elementary School's Cleve Threadgill. And he said, you know, man, he said, I'll be honest with you, he's like, you got to look out for number one. He's like, you got to do what's going to make you happy. And so so that's when I started my career at Ottawa, and I've been there. It's now my 14th year. Good stuff, good stuff. Kind of a traitor to the other school, but hey, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I was in that situation, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, it was a, you know, 10-minute drive over the bridge versus driving about 45, 50 minutes a day to work, and I knew I wanted to stay in Ottawa, so it was a no-brainer. When you were in college or in high school, did you ever think about doing or taking part in a profession that dealt with animals? Uh, never, no. <laughs> have you ever been on a podcast and been asked to play a game of rank them with animals. Nope, this is the first podcast, and definitely rank them with animals is, is a first and <laughs> all the way around. Well, let's write the history books and just rewrite a whole bunch of new number ones for you. First podcast, number one, and let's play a game of rank them with animals. You down? I'm all in. All right. 
Try to keep you know things different. It's kind of a sports podcast, so let's throw a different element in here. Why not? Perfect. Keep them on their toes. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to give you five animals. You rank them. One being the best, five being the least. Got it. Or the worst, or however we want to word this. Since element kind of rhymes with elephant, we'll go elephant, lion, giraffe. Let's throw in a shark. And let's throw in an eagle. Oh, an eagle. All right, well, we'll start from the bottom and work our way to the top. i say shark would be number five. They scare the heck out of me. Anytime <laughs> I've ever swam, swam in the ocean and I was jet skiing, I'm like, man, if I see a shark, it's going to be just like the couple's retreat scene in the movie with Vince Vaughn. I'm going to be freaking out. <laughs> not going to know what to do. So we'll throw shark to number five. Um, I would say number four, probably a lion. <laughs> Because, I mean, they're just about as deadly. You know, after watching Lion King over the quarantine, you know, it didn't seem like that was any too good of a profession to jump into, so I don't, they don't seem too friendly. Number three, uh, I don't know, maybe an elephant. No good rhyme or reason, other than maybe they'd step on me because they wouldn't see me. That could happen. They're sort of cool. I'd probably say, I guess it's a toss-up because I don't feel either way between number one or two, but let's go... Uh, Eagle number two and giraffe number one. Just for the mere fact, giraffes look pretty sweet. And eagles, you know, it's like, yeah, I've seen them around. Yeah, they're pretty, I don't want to say ordinary because they're not, but sort of. Yeah, I've, I've seen an eagle more times than I've seen a giraffe uh, in person. I think maybe the only time I've ever seen a giraffe in person was probably at the zoo or on a Disney safari ride in the Animal Kingdom. Now that I think about it. There you go. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, giraffe is the winner then. Giraffe's number one. Ding, 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 ding. It's the tallest, so it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for playing a game of Rankum Animal Style and talking Ottawa golf and your career path with Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thanks a lot, Keith. Thanks for having me, Brandon. I appreciate it. Definitely. Hopefully, uh, as this COVID-19 era hopefully goes away sometime we can get back to some normalcy and have a full golf season absolutely ditch the masks and play some more golf golf is just in the air right now i mean regionals just finished ihsa style and now we have some sectionals coming up next week my guest right now senior nick angus with ottawa is going to the class 2a Freeport sectional with Ottawa as they advanced. Nick, are you excited, man? Oh, yeah, for sure. Senior year, going to a sectional, even amidst this COVID-19 era that we're in, it's got to be pretty cool to get to another round of the playoffs with your guys, your buddies, your teammates. Yeah, it's really it's really nice, especially last year to get to go. I'll make a lot of memories with the guys, so it should be fun. What's cool about your situation is, like you said, you went to sectionals last year as a junior, and now you're going back as a senior. What is kind of a better situation? I mean, going as a junior, knowing that you got a second chance, or going as a senior, knowing you were able to go to a further round in the playoffs, your last goal? I think it's definitely cooler as a senior. I think I really would have been bummed out if we didn't get to go, so... Especially, you know, there's two other seniors in the top six, so we're, we're really excited to get to spend more time, especially during COVID. There's, you know, not a lot to do or to get together with your buddies, so moving on in golf is going to be pretty cool as a senior. 
Who are your senior pals, teammates that you're talking about that you're going to enjoy playing one more round of golf with as Pirates? Uh, that's Caden Erickson and Michael Bruner. They're our uh, number five and six on the varsity, so. Have you guys been playing golf together for quite a while? Yeah, we've all been playing all four years, so, you know, we've really, you know, we joke around and we like to have a good time, so. Was it weird this year with the COVID-19 and just the way things were? I mean, season was shortened. There wasn't a lot of 18-hole invitationals. If any, things is very weird. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially starting out at the beginning, of course, the whole mask thing. And it's been weird. You know, we've been keeping score on our phones now. You know, we usually don't get to use our phones, but now we've been keeping score on the phones and I actually like that better because you get to see how everybody's doing all the time. So that's been cool. But, I mean, it's been a struggle for sure getting used to things and new regulations and rules and stuff. But I think we're making the best of it. So, What did you do personally to try to keep your head in it? I mean, weird times, weird things going on. It's not hard to, you know, get down in the dumps or anything like that. What did you do to keep your head up and just like, hey, I love this game. I'm going to keep playing. You know, I mean, I just tried to get out as much as possible. Go practice as much as I could outside of it, you know, because I don't got a lot going on. A lot of free time, so, you know, just practice a lot and keep my mindset in it, so. Obviously, we've been talking about going to the sectionals. Let's talk about that Sterling Regional. What was it about that day? You shot an 84. What were you doing right? Drives going well? Were your putting going well? What was it? Yeah, my tee shots were really going good. Um, you know, it was kind of a close day. I think everybody was having kind of a rough day. The wind really picked up on the back nine, but. My, uh, my tee shots were going really good, and that's what kind of saved me. My driver's been kind of iffy all year, so it really came through there, and I think that's what saved the round for me, really, honestly. Saying that, you know, talking about your driver, your tee shots, are you a, you know, kind of a long golfer? Are you a better putter? Like, what is the strengths of your game? Oh, it's definitely the long game. My short game is definitely what brings me down during the round, for sure, so... As long as the long game's on, I know I know it'll be okay, because the short game is really really what I struggle with. So I know you're a little younger than me, but please say that you've seen Happy Gilmore. Oh, I have, yes, absolutely. Are you a Happy Gilmore type of golfer? Uh, I try to be, try to be, you know. My, my idea is closest to hole and the fewest amount of shots. So I try to get as far down there as possible. Was there any golfers that you look at that either play your style or the the style that you wanted to play kind of like as a, I guess, a golf role model or inspiration? Not really. I mean, honestly, like, golf was something that I really just started doing, and it really, you know, nobody else around me really golfs at all. It's just something I picked up, actually not too long ago, just before high school, really, and it's something that I was good at, so just stuck with it, I guess. Uh, going into sectional, is there anything, you know, you or the team in general have talked about of, you know, improving scores or, you know, anything to do to have better days? Yeah, I think definitely all of us, you know, is what gets us is putting and our approach shots, really. So our practices are usually focused around, you know, a lot of putting green time, a lot of chipping green time. We really try to dial that in because we know if we can make those one putts or two putts and as long as we stay away from three putts, you know, if we get that short game dialed in, we're usually a pretty good team. Have you had uh, rounds or meets this year where you were, you know, happy or impressed with your short game? Oh, yeah. My goal is no three putts for the day. If I can, you know, two putt or one putt every hole, 
I feel like that's a good day. And I've had a couple of those throughout the season. So Awesome. We mentioned it just a second ago, an 84 at the regional. Where does that kind of stand for your scores throughout the season? I mean, it's one of my better 18-hole scores. But honestly, coming in with it, I really didn't think it was that great. I mean, I knew it was going to help out the team and probably be one of our top four scores. But I definitely didn't think I was going to get, you know, second place at our regionals, but, you know, it turned out, I guess everybody was maybe having a rough day and the wind was bad, but I'm happy with an 84. And you were second to teammate Jonathan Cooper, correct? Yeah, it is correct. When I was talking to coach Keith Podzowski, he was talking about the different, I guess, age range experience-wise of this team and three seniors then some of the top golfers on the team are freshmen and juniors and sophomores and all mixed around how has that worked for you guys to be different age group but still be able to play with each other and and root each other on oh yeah it's definitely uh it's different i guess i mean yeah our top three golfers are a freshman a sophomore and a junior so i mean it's i mean but we all get along we all can joke around with each other and we all have a good time but i mean yeah they're they're really a big part of our team and you know playing with them has been really fun and you know so you get get to stay in the know with all the you know all the kids all all the ages and stuff and you just they've been great friends and had a good time with them this year so awesome i mean that's a cool thing when you can have that mixture of ages and everybody be cool that's really cool I think I just said cool like four times in three seconds. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> Was there ever any moments where the seniors were like, hey, why are these sophomore, junior, freshmen better than us, the top three ranked? Was there ever any animosity or like, hey, we're all a team, let's do this? Oh, no, no. The three seniors, we're really just out there, you know, to have a good time in our last year. And I personally love younger kids on the team they're great guys to be around so no no we, we all enjoy them and we love having them perfect perfect are you guys friends off of the golf course as well yeah yeah for sure for sure after high school is golf something that you're going to continue to do or is this kind of a last go for you oh uh, sadly it's probably probably the last go i mean at least for my competitive time playing golf you know well, definitely. I mean, I'll definitely keep in touch with all the guys I get together to play golf, but I don't think I'm going to be doing it competitively probably anymore, that's for sure. So just kind of like fun, catch up with some friends, but not like any tournaments or anything professionally or sort of say? No, probably not. It'll just be, it'll just be for fun when I can, so I'll try to make the best of it, I guess. Definitely, definitely. That's kind of cool to know that, too, as your senior year, like, hey, I got to have the most fun I can right now because after this, you know, might not play anymore. So that that's kind of a cool mindset to have here last year. You know, it's kind of sad, no state, but, you know, it is what it is, and we've had a good season, so. Definitely. I was following you guys on Twitter and social media the entire way, and you guys have put up some really good scores, and I've seen photos where it looked like you guys were having fun. That's definitely the biggest thing, especially with our coach. You know, he likes to have a good time. He jokes around with us, you know. He knows, he knows when to take it serious and when to joke around. So we really enjoy having a good time. and We've been golfing pretty good with having a good time. So, you know, it's all, it's all pretty great, you know. With Coach Keith Podzowski, you know, went to Ottawa, has been playing golf for a long time. Is it cool having a coach that 
you know, still actively plays something that he's coaching you. So if there's any advice or tips that he takes, maybe you're like, hey, he might have to go through this himself. So is that a cool feeling? Yeah, I mean, having him there, it's it's really good. He's a great coach, and you know, he helps us out when we need it, and he he has fun with us at practice and bus rides and stuff. So he's a really great guy. Yeah, when I talked to him, it was the first time that I've spoke with him, and he seemed like a really cool guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So outside of golf, outside of high school, you tell me you have some other interests. Yeah, I do. I do. I live on a farm. Uh, we raise sheep, and you know, we grain we grain farm too. So, and then I'm a big hunter and a big fisher too. So now when you ask me about farming or say something to me about farming, I'm like, oh, man, that sounds like a lot of hard work. I've done this or that. I've bailed some hay, whatever, but not my favorite thing to do. I feel like if you were, like, born a farmer or have, like, grown up in that lifestyle, after a while, it's not even like a job. It's just, like, the way of living. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially, you know, with animals, I feel like it's even more because, you know, they're grain, you know, you're not, you're around animals, you know, like people, you know, you got to deal with them day after day 24 7 you know so you just get in the groove and you know it's just another part of your day i guess do you name them do you name the animals uh no only only the dog (laughs) what's your dog's name uh his name's tucker okay okay what kind of dog it's an australian shepherd i have family that live in michigan in the upper peninsula and when I was a kid and I'd go up there, my cousin would name all the animals, and he had a cow named Daisy. So I went up there like two or three years after he told me the cow's name, and I'm like, hey, where's Daisy? Not realizing that, you know, it's a cow and it's not going to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's, that's why you can't name all of them. <laughs> yeah, so then I'm like, hey, don't ever tell me any names of these animals ever again. Can't get too attached. No, not at all, not at all. Is it true also, you know, there's this stigma that, you know, farm boys are just like muscular because they're always working on a farm and stuff. Do you got that uh, cornbread-ism that we always talk about? Oh, no, no, probably not. No, I would not say that, so. (laughs) Not the strong farmer type? I wouldn't say I'm not strong, but I'm definitely not the, uh, you know, great, great muscular bodybuilder (laughs) type farmer, you know. But I can hold my own out here, you know. There you go. That's all that really matters. No, I can I can get the job done, and that's that's all it comes down to, I guess. As you get older and you know move on as an adult, is farming something that you're looking into doing? Oh yeah, definitely, probably for sure. You know, both my grandparents farm and my parents farm, so you know it's it's definitely something that's going to be part of my everyday life in the future. So that's for sure. So it's kind of like in your genes, like hey, I'm a farmer. Oh yeah, definitely. Gotcha, gotcha. You mentioned some other stuff, fishing and hunting. Let's talk about fishing first. What are some of the coolest fish that you've caught? We fish for muskie. We get to Wisconsin and Canada. We do a lot of up north fishing, so. Okay, where are some of your uh, favorite fishing spots? We got a cabin up in Minocqua. We got a lake up there in Minocqua, Wisconsin. And then uh, we got a place that we go in Ontario. Uh, usually every other year we go up there. Uh, Nestor Falls, so both cool places, great places if you love the outdoors and if you love to fish. And so that's pretty cool, fishing in Canada. Yep, every now and then, you know, it, it's kind of expensive to go up there, but so we don't do it all the time. But 
we do it every every few years or so. We'll go up there. So awesome! Very cool! Very cool! What is your favorite hunting season? Oh, definitely probably deer season. You know, it's it's here right now. I'm big into deer hunting and and uh, goose and duck hunting too. So they're they're both here coming up. Pretty excited for that. Are you more of a crossbow type of guy or shotgun rifle? Uh, shotgun and I bow hunt a little bit of both. Ma- mainly shotgun. You know, and of course, duck and goose hunting. Get out with your buddies all the time. That's always fun too. So, so you're definitely the definition of an outdoorsman. Oh yeah, yeah, I love it, love it, love it to be outdoors. You are not the guy that is sitting on the couch watching a bunch of TV when it's deer and duck season. Oh no, Def- we're definitely out there. You know, and I got a lot of friends that do it too, so we enjoy it. We have a good time. Awesome, good stuff, man. Well, let's keep this thing with animals alive. Are you ready for a game of rank them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you five animals and you rank them. First being the best or the most favorite in your opinion and five being the least, all right? Okay, sounds good. Uh, we're going to go away from hunting animals. Let's do some like wild, crazy animals that you might not see a lot. Let's go giraffe, shark, elephant, eagle, Lion. Well, I, I probably have to say the uh, lion is number one for sure. You know, big predator. You know, I'd say definitely lions number one. All right, eagles number two. You know, big cool bird like that. You know, uh, I probably have to go shark, elephant, giraffe. A little bit uh, part on the giraffe, just you know, not not that cool, not that interesting to me. So definitely be lion. Eagle, shark, elephant, giraffe. Okay, okay. You can uh, make fun or have fun with Coach Bozowski because he picked giraffe first. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. Did he? Oh, gosh. We, we love to get into arguments, so we love to bicker over things, so we'll have a good time with that. You have almost the complete opposite list. I think he put Lion 5. Oh, of course he did. He would. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I guess that's the difference of being a, a hunter and a farmer and not. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him a hard time about that for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Nick, for playing a game of Rankum Animal Style and talking some Ottawa golf, farming, hunting, fishing. It was a really cool chat, man. Thank you. No problem. Anytime. I had a great time.